There are times when a certain amount of doubt is healthy. A little skepticism can be a good thing. There are, after all, people who really shouldn't be trusted and deals that really are too good to be true. Used car salesmen come to mind, conspiracy theorists and websites, con men and grifters, people who want to manipulate you for their own gain or their own agendas. Some things and some people are deserving of our skepticism. Scripture scholars have their doubts about our first reading today from the second chapter of the Acts of the Apostles. This perfect community of disciples seems just a little too good to be true. At least our own experience would lead us to believe that it's a little bit idealized. A more historically accurate account might have told about the occasional backsliders, people who abandoned their faith in the face of hardship, disciples who took advantage of their position, communities that were torn by divisions. The rest of the New Testament certainly doesn't gloss over these situations. Some scholars theorize that this second chapter of Acts isn't meant to be an historical account, but was written to encourage early Christian communities that were struggling. The fact that it isn't history in the modern sense of the word doesn't make this chapter any less valuable. In fact, it makes it more valuable. We can see what the early church held as an ideal and know that we need similar ideals to sustain our communities. There are some people who are afraid of doubt, who think that doubt is the enemy of faith. But I've never believed that. Any faith like ours that has both truth and depth won't be bruised by a few pointed questions. Generally speaking, the tougher the questions, the deeper we are led into the mystery of God, and that's good. Doubt is not the opposite of faith. The opposite of faith is despair. Doubt can lead us to deeper faith. Despair doesn't lead at all. And it is despair that the Apostle Thomas is struggling with in today's gospel. The other disciples have seen the risen Lord and have received the Holy Spirit. And so their shock, grief, and despair have been replaced by joy, courage, and the strength that are the Spirit's gifts. But Thomas missed it. So when he's confronted by this sudden change in his companions, he's got to be thinking that they've lost their minds. He doesn't merely doubt their story. He frames his disbelief in conditions that he considers impossible, inspecting Jesus' wounds himself. He doesn't just say, I don't believe it. In his despair, he proclaims, I'll never believe it. Fortunately, even though Thomas has given up on Jesus, Jesus has not given up on him. And this is certainly the first concrete example of divine mercy in action. Even in the face of Thomas' skepticism, Jesus doesn't reject him, tell him off, or withhold his care. Instead, he gets a second chance. Jesus appears a second time, 
And Thomas is finally able to let go of his despair and believe. The caption on the famous painting of Divine Mercy says, Jesus, I trust in you. But this encounter between Thomas and Jesus demonstrates that Jesus trusts in Thomas enough to give him a second chance. That's mercy. You may have noticed that we live in an age of both doubt and despair. So many people doubt the experts, disbelieve research, and distrust anyone whose ideology is different from their own. It's as if truth wasn't an objective reality, but a subjective weapon we can wield in our struggles for power. But this doubt and the lack of consensus about basic facts puts us on a path to paranoia, distrust, blame, and conflict. Some of us are old enough to remember when the world was not so divided and when our civil society was built around some notion of the common good. If the COVID-19 pandemic teaches us anything, perhaps it will be that there is an objective, scientific, predictable truth which requires us to act in the common good regardless of our ideology. Because these are times of doubt and despair, committed Christians have a unique role to play. We have a commitment to justice and to reconciliation. And that commitment challenges us to stay open to the questions, doubts, and even despair that people experience. It's not easy, but it is essential. Because we live in the light of the resurrection, our commitment to justice isn't just to fix what's wrong with the world. It's an openness to risk asking uncomfortable questions and to being people with people that might not be welcomed everywhere. Because we have faith in the risen Lord, we can stand with troubled people or in troubled times, knowing that we don't have all the answers. Our willingness to take the difficult path that leads deeper into the mystery of God is itself a witness to the world that the Holy Spirit works even through our doubt and casts out despair. We are also people of hope. This is Divine Mercy Sunday, a feast that reminds us of God's readiness to forgive us and to heal us. A few weeks ago, I remember saying, it's easy to trust in God's mercy and grace until you don't have any choice. I was speaking personally then, but it's where we all are now. We're stuck inside, looking at the same few faces 24-7, or maybe just alone. We're anxious and isolated and unable to plan for anything more than a few weeks out. And we are still saddled with our temptations, our sins, and our struggles. But in the midst of this, we are not beyond God's mercy. Even in the midst of our doubts and our struggles, God continues to reach out to us with his grace, and that can help us to show God's mercy 
to the people around us. May God's divine mercy help us to never doubt His love.